Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Welcome to Laying the Points, a sports betting podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. Uh, my name is Matt Lamarca. You can find me over at Fantasy Labs and the Action Network, and you can also find me on Twitter at Matt Lamarca. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Kyle Dvorak, who you can find on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Uh, Kyle, how's everything going? Uh, it's going good. We're starting to. We got preseason tonight. I know you are very excited. You love preseason. Just before we got on, you're like, ah, I'm so excited. I'm just grinding preseason, so that's fun. Uh, won't really change our bets too much unless we get an injury or anything. But uh, I do think it'll be interesting to see how the public changes because, say, you know, Arizona comes out guns blazing. I'm sure we will see some money coming on them. Uh, even the same with some of these smaller props. So I think. Uh, it won't change our projections much, but it could change the value we find in different bets. So it's, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how the next few weeks go. Yeah, I'm really I'm really hoping for an Arizona like disaster week one. That's, oh, that's the dream. Mm, mm, <laughs> yeah, just like uh, he comes out like, oh man, uh, a bad receiver. Like let's say cause probably uh, Kirk isn't going to get much run near there's Fitzgerald, especially being as old as he is. Like Kevin White comes out with the first stringers. They run four wide. He tips one to the other team. They pick it off, and they're like, "All right, let's not run. Let's not run out in there there anymore." Bench all the starters, and it's just like, "Oh, well, they went 0-1 with a pick in their starters, so it's going to go awful." That's the dream scenario. The dream. And Kevin White could do it too. He's so bad. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Christian Kirk, I actually just got him in a dynasty league. Um, I know we we talk primarily about betting on this show, but there is definitely some fantasy aspects of it too. So. I traded uh, Mike Evans in a dynasty league for Christian Kirk, Ronald Jones, and two future first rounders. So, Are they for next year? Uh, one for next year, one for 2021. I'll say is it better be a good one next year? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be. <laughs> but uh, my, team is, my team is in clear rebuild mode. So anyway, uh, today is part five of our eight-part NFL preview series. Uh, We finished off the NFC in our last show. We talked about the NFC West. So today we are kicking off the AFC with the AFC East. Uh, Before we get into the show, I want to remind you all about becoming a Rotoviz patron. Uh, Rotoviz Patreon is back for a second season and it's better than ever. Patronships start at just $6 per month. They offer exclusive access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel, where you can ask questions and gain league-winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team. Uh, patrons also get first dibs on listener league spots, which are going to be filling soon. And in the $9 tier, you get some uh, access to sweet Rotoviz Radio merchandise at the end of the season. Uh, become a Rotoviz Radio patron today. Join an excuse, exclusive community of listeners. Access premium content. And do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. That is patreon.com slash rotovizradio. Also, if you aren't a Rotoviz subscriber, make sure to sign up through the podcast homepage and get yourself a 10% discount. A fantasy season right around the corner. Uh, I think I've got my first draft two weeks from today, actually, which is a little bit on the earlier side, but it is what it is. Uh, Definitely am going to make sure that I'm hitting my RV content hard, Before that, the subscription is going to give you access to all of the content, all of the tools. Just make sure to sign up, rotaviz.com slash podcast, and get yourself a 10% discount. All right, AFC East. Uh, Basically, for the better part of the past two decades, this division has been the New England Patriots and a bunch of scrubs. Um, The Patriots, once again, Huge favorites to win the the division this year. They are minus 500. Uh, they're over under right now. Sits at 11. They are minus 1150 to make the playoffs. Uh, they're plus 320 to win the AFC, plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. I guess that's not overly surprising. The Patriots always seem to be in the hunt. 
They've made it now to the Super Bowl, what, four in the last five years? Maybe even four in a row? Uh, but they are 7-1 to one to win the Super Bowl again this year. They have had some some changes in the offseason, which is not surprising for the Patriots. But one big change, no more Gronk. He retired. Uh, it's, it's definitely possible that he comes back later in the year. But at least for the start of the season, they are not going to have you know, someone who has been a staple for them offensively. And if you look at Brady's numbers, they've always been pretty drastically better with Gronk on the field. So is that enough, Kyle? Is that enough for you to consider taking the Patriots under 11 wins here or possibly even fading them to win this division for the first time in what feels like forever? No, come on. Be, be serious with me. Come on. This is a professional show. We don't want to look like jokes out here. Of course I'm not. Uh, like the, the over-under is a reasonable thing to question because 11 is incredibly high. But when you look at their competition, it's going to be the Jets. And as much as I, I think I'm interested in Sam Darnold, an up-and-coming talent who I like coming out of college, I can't get behind a, you know an Adam Gase-led offense team and a, partly an organization given that he was like, you know, to making these power moves to gain more power within the organization. That's like a recipe for disaster. Uh, the Bills, I just don't like Josh Allen. I don't think he's that good of a quarterback. He does something that matters less, which is running, even though rushing as a quarterback is generally more efficient. And then Miami is like purposely trying to lose. Uh, so no, I, I mean, they've, this is insane. They've beaten straight out beaten 11 wins every single time since 2009. They haven't even tied. Like, you're not well, like, oh. Last year was 11. They would have pushed last year. Oh, did they push last year? Yeah. Every single year before last year, they they beat and they would have pushed. There is no losses on this 11 win total. Uh, minus 130 isn't bad juice either. And I think there have probably been better teams that they've had to contend with in their division. I think uh, probably the, the peak Ryan Tannehill Dolphins were like as good. They were probably better than four and a half win totals. I'm not saying those teams are very good, but... Um, like Tyrod Taylor led uh, Bills were all right. Uh, maybe this might be like the best Jets team in a while, but it seems like this is maybe a down year for this division outside of New England. I have no problem with taking 11. I think uh, you're, I don't want to say you're locked in because anything can happen, but you're kind of locked in to get the push at worst. Yeah, I mean, barring a, another Brady injury. But yeah, exactly. Even that year that Brady got hurt, they won 11 games with Matt Castle. So, no, I mean, this this franchise is just the model of consistency. They've won double-digit games in 17 of the past 18 years, and they've hit 11, in at least 11, in 15 of them. That is just absurd. Um, and, like, if you look at their against-the-spread betting numbers, too, like, this is what always blows my mind, because... You would think that the Patriots, they're such a public team, right? Like the public wants to bet on the Pats every single week. But since 2003, if you just blind bet the Patriots in the regular season against the spread, you'd be 153, 95, and 8. That's good for a 21% return on investment, and a $100 better would be up roughly $5,400 over that time frame. That's incredible. It's just absurd. Um, they like there's no amount of adjusting you can do to correct for how good the Patriots are. Exactly. And it's not even like it's, uh, there are definitely years where they're better than others, but every single year, this thing basically returns value. I mean, going back last season, they were nine and seven against the spread. Uh, the last time that they were under 500 against the spread in our database is never. <laughs> They've had a few years where they've been 500, but never below 500. So, like, this is a team that is just so hard for Vegas to jack their lines up high enough. I mean, it's scary to take the over on a team with an 11-win total, but history suggests that this is probably too low. And, you know, the the Pats had five uh, picks early round or, or uh, you know, inside the top 40, I believe, this season. So if any team can can sort of rebuild on the fly, it's New England. They lost Gronk, sure. They lost their left tackle, who was awesome last year. But they got him for a fifth-round pick. It's not like this guy was, you know, this, this elite pedigreed left tackle that they were paying a ton of money. No, he was a guy that they stole from the 49ers. They traded a third-round pick got him and a fifth rounder back. And then they got a third rounder this year in the compensatory draft because they lost him. Like that's the kind of thing that the Patriots just do seemingly on a yearly basis. And they do it better than everybody. So uh, I'm with you. I think you need a really, really good reason to fade new England. 
and I just don't see it this year. I mean, is it possibly Brady's last year with the team? I think so. Uh, You know, that whole restructuring thing didn't make a ton of sense. And, you know, apparently he just put his house up on the market. <laughs> Kyle, I'm not sure how uh the the insider info. Uh yeah, actually I might uh might be looking for some property out that way, so I'm sure I'll put in a bid. <laughs> I'm not sure how big you are into, you know, athlete real estate, the breadcrumbs, you know, this is a big That thing was a big. I remember that was LeBron, it was LeBron. That was always tracking where his houses were. That LeBron was I was about and, to say and that. Kawhi yep. too this year, you yes. know, like wow, what a shocker these guys want to live in Los Angeles. So mm-hmm. But it ended up being true in both cases. So anyway, uh, all that was a really long-winded way of saying that I can't bet the under here. I'm not sure if I feel great about over at 11, but I'm certainly not betting that they're going to win less than than 10 games. So uh, yeah, for me, if you have, you know, just like a couple spare thousand laying around and you want to throw it on them to win the AFC, I think that that's a pretty safe bet. I don't see any, or the AFC East, I should say. I don't see anybody in this division that's, that's going to contend with them. Uh, the only question is, are they going to win, you know, 10 games, 11 games, or 12 plus games? Uh, I'm probably more inclined to say that they're going to be right in that 11 to 12 range, but you never know. It could be another year where they just come out and blow the doors off everybody and they're sitting at 15 and 1 at the end of the season. Yeah, AFC East winner, like the, one of the safest bets you can make at minus 500. I don't even think that's like bad value. I, it's I not. Really, it's not. It's like I, I think they're much more guaranteed than that uh, to win in such a bad division. AFC winner at plus 320 it becomes more interesting. I do want to talk for a second about the loss of Gronk because when you look at Brady all time, uh, his highest ever adjusted yards per attempt using the uh, road of his AYA app uh, is actually not Gronk. He's number two. Do you know who number one is? I mean... My gut says Randy Moss, but it's got to be somebody more obscure. You wouldn't be asking me. It is Josh Gordon. Oh, Josh right. Gordon is a beast whenever he plays on the team. And I'm not saying if he gets uh, reinstated, it will make a huge swing for me on whether I'd like to bet this or not. But I do I do think there is almost like upside baked into like if Josh Gordon gets uh, like plays for half the season, I really think they could uh, we could see this offense even like get a slight uptick then. And last year Gronk wasn't the same Gronk he's always been. Last sure. year, uh, last year we saw Gronk. Uh, Gronk's career average AYA when catching passes from Brady is over eleven. Last year is right around nine. That's still it's still, still an incredible very, very good. measure, of course. But uh, you can see the decline in this game both while watching it and through the stats. So I think we've been eased out of the Gronk era by one year of like not peak Gronk and really not even close to it. So I think they're more than ready to live life without Gronk. And we saw, you know, maybe they're hedging more towards the rushing attack. They seem, even though so many people chastise them for taking Sony Michelle, they know what they're doing in the sense that they still, even they can make a bad pick. Uh, like if we both agree that taking a running back isn't optimal in the first round and it just doesn't matter. There's so much better than everyone else in every other facet that uh, I'm all right with them making not the greatest decision every now and then. So, yeah, I'll take them over 11 wins. I'll take them as the AFC East winner is just like, oh, that's just like a better return on like a savings account because that's really what it is. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, like if you're like, oh, I've got a few grand in my savings account, uh, it's making like like my bank gives me like 0.1% on it. Uh, no, just go ahead and put it in the uh, AFC East Patriots winner. Uh and on, I, I honestly think uh, AFC plus 320, I'd rather just take plus 700 to win the Super Bowl. I think they're, I mean, this is the number one odds to win the Super Bowl right now. And I'm still not sure plus 700 is even like right. I'd be looking more to like plus 600 as like the correct odds. They're just so much better run of an organization than pretty much anyone else. Yeah, me and Anthony used to talk about this all the time. But like, I think one of the biggest holes in casual betters, uh, you know, games is that they look at a number like minus 500 and they just immediately think, well, I'm not betting that. I have to lay five to one. Like, it's just not a good enough return for me. But a lot of times these, you know, bigger favorited bets are some of the best on the board. You know, like minus 500 gives them an implied odds of winning the division around like 85%, I want to say. And, you know, I certainly think that it's over 90, probably even closer to like 95%. So uh, I think that, like you said, that that's just a ton of value. Uh, even if it's not going to give you a huge payout, it's it's 
you're you're not getting uh you're not paying enough of a premium to bet that in my opinion no i could i couldn't agree more it just feels like the only way they don't make it is it, it like is if Brady gets hurt and then other things also have to go wrong. Because like you said, they were still fine without Brady. And we saw that even when he was suspended uh, yep. uh, two years ago now, three years ago now. It's been a while. Right. Basically uh, just running with uh, Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like they just don't care. Like nothing is so integral in this organization that you can lose it and they're just a collapse. Like I still... Like, I would still bet them to win the AFC if Brady, you know, like, tore his ACL right now. I'd, they'd probably become a good value. I'd, I, I'd be more interested, to be I honest. I know. I'd be like, they're, the public is going to fade them too hard now. So, yeah, I think we're just all in the Patriots because I, I, I love your stat about how just betting them blindly uh, against the spread is a wildly winning proposition. That just feels like it carries over to almost every Patriots bet you can make. Yep. All right. That's, that's about that. Like— Bet the Patriots because no no book is is going to price them down to where they should be. Moving on to a team that's a much much stinkier, grosser organization. The Jets, hey. the, the total is. I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's it's a blossoming organization under new head coach Adam Gase. That's right. Uh, with, <laughs> with a win total of seven, uh, the over is actually you have to pay a lot of juice for it at minus one sixty five. The under is much much better payout at plus one forty. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, I mean, the Jets are definitely a trendy overpick right now, and it's all because of, you know, Sam Darnold. Uh, he was, you know, like a very popular stat that's floating around is that he had the best quarterback rating in the league over the past, you know, four weeks, the last four weeks of the season, something like that. Yeah, they um, generally say four games is enough sample for, like, pretty much any stat. That's Just call it there. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Jets' uh, schedule last year, it was really hard in the beginning of the season. And it definitely eased up quite a bit towards the end. Uh, I think that had a lot to do with why Donald improved. Uh, you know, he was the youngest quarterback to ever start a game in NFL history. He was playing behind a, a pretty suspect offensive line. He had no weapons and he had no running game. So uh, I actually think that overall what Donald did last year was pretty impressive. The The problem is, like you said, this organization is just not not sharply run. I mean, they made two huge signings in the offseason, and they chose to give a tremendous amount of money to a running back who didn't play last year and a middle linebacker. Like, if there are two positions— How are you going to stop the run and establish the run without those two key parts? If there are two positions that I think we can agree matter the least in football, it's probably those two. Uh, they did bring in Jamison Crowder, which I think could be a nice signing. You know, him opening up some of the underneath passing routes for guys like Robbie Anderson over the top should be should be a help. And the Jets had uh, a pretty injured wide receiver room last year, as well as a pretty injured running back room. So overall, I get all the reasons for optimism with this team. The problem, again, is that their schedule is going to be difficult, at least in the beginning, once again. I mean, if you look at who they open up with this year, they have to take on the Patriots twice. They have to take on the Browns. They have to take on the Eagles. And they have to take on the Cowboys in uh, six or five of their first six games. So they're going to be underdogs in all of those games. They do open up with the Bills week one. They're going to uh, you know, probably be small home favorites in that contest. But overall, it's a really tough stretch to begin the year. They also have the Jaguars in week eight, which is going to be a tough game for their offense. So I'm expecting them to struggle out of the gates and then finish strong, kind of similar to what they did last year. Uh, and then next year will be the year that I think we really can start to see what this team is going to become, you know, in a second year under Gase more than likely. Uh, they can probably bring in some more uh, upgrades to the offense, and and then we'll really see what what Sam Darnold can do uh, for real. Yeah, I I just don't see. I can't bet on a team run by Adam Gase, who with Miami last year ran the fewest plays per game. Uh, and I know even if you look at their schedule, their schedule is actually uh, overall. If you look at their opposing uh, team implied win totals. It's uh, it's not too bad. It's actually maybe almost the best in the league. Yeah. Because uh, mostly because they get to play Miami twice and they get to play uh, Buffalo twice. 
but it just seems like, uh, especially if you give a factor in the yet to pay the juice at minus 165, as opposed to, I, I take the under here just based on the juice alone at, at plus 140. I think it's a very fair line. And I think the the Sam Darnold small sample hype is getting wildly out of control. Yeah, I mean, would it be a shocker if he had a great year? No, it wouldn't be a huge surprise to me. But is it also definitely within the realm of possibility that he has a bad year? Yes, I think that that's definitely on the table as well. So uh, going off of what you said, they do have, I, I believe it's the second best schedule in terms of like if you look at just everybody that they play's win total. But at the same time, they're only projected to be favored in four games at the moment. Um, they are pick them in two other contests, and then there'll be a, a field goal underdog or less in a few others. So the schedule isn't brutal, but they're still only expected to be favored in four games. So I will take the under here given the way that the juice is uh, set up, but I, I think that the Jets are pretty much one of the toughest teams to handicap right now. Yeah, it really just depends on, like, Two things. One, can Adam Gase run like a competent NFL offense? And does Sam Darnold take a step forward? And even like Adam Gase could run a bad offense. And if this team just overplays or Sam Darnold really breaks out, you only need one of those two things to hit. So it is like very contingent on two highly variant things. Uh, but for me, I'll take the under because of the uh, juice on the over. Uh, I- I'm. Do you have any interest in this team making the playoffs at plus 280? I think that might be the better bet than their over under because I do think that if they uh, exceed expectations, they're probably going to do it by a significant amount, if that makes sense. Um, but I still don't have a, uh, a ton of interest in this team. I, I mean, I think that they're priced pretty fairly. So I, uh, you know, it doesn't stand out as like a value to me. Yeah, I, I'm not really interested. I just, they're obviously not winning the AFC East, which is our next bet at plus 650. That's not even close given how. Uh, given how high we are on New England being good value at minus 500, that like plus 650 is not even close. And I struggle to see them getting in with the wild card even. I just, it'd be a, you know, that's a no from me, dog. So uh, <laughs> beyond that, I think we can move on to the Bills. I, but I, you, I do, bad. you do hear my logic though, right? Like yes, if, no, they could. I, if I, this I, team is good and Sam Darnold becomes, you know, a franchise quarterback, the odds of them winning, you know, like, nine or 10 games are probably just as good as the odds of them winning seven or eight. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with that, that like their range of outcomes is much more skewed towards a like a playoff berth than similar teams at seven wins. Like I don't remember what Detroit was at. My guess is they were like six and a half or something. Uh, Detroit feels like a very capped ceiling where the Jets under Sam Darnold aren't necessarily as capped of a ceiling. Uh, So I still think no playoffs under on seven, but uh uh, yeah, the farther you go up the food chain of, of success, they become a slightly more uh, plus EV odds. Slightly. Not that much. <laughs> Don't get your hopes up. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Buffalo Bills, six and a half. The over, oh man, minus 186. The under, plus 155. Yeah, this is a team where I'm more inclined to take the over. Uh, than the Jets because first of all you get the win at seven instead of the push but I also just think that they're they're going to be really really strong on one side of the ball uh, on defense that is like they they were really good last year and I think this unit is just one of the more talented in the league so uh, they have a good coach with McDermott he's a defensive guy I think that he uh he's going to have this unit looking good in 2019 they're expected to face the sixth easiest schedule in terms of opposing offenses so I think that this is another team that should be good on defense and then it's just going to come down to what they can get at quarterback now a big reason why Josh Allen struggled last year was they just were very hesitant to ask him to do too much which I think is smart considering 
he was a rookie and he was, you know, notoriously inaccurate in college. They this, That might change this year considering that they brought in, you know, John Brown and Cole Beasley. I mean, say what you want about those guys as players, but at least they seem to be committing more to the passing game. They want to provide Josh Allen with weapons. Um, and who knows what you're going to get from the running game this year. So I think that putting the ball in his hands more should be a good thing for this offense because even if he's struggling as a passer, you mentioned that quarterback runs are typically some of the most efficient plays that you can do, at least in terms of running the ball. Yeah, it's like the like one of the only like guaranteed like blanket statements of efficient running is like quarterback runs are generally pretty plus EV. Right, and Josh Allen was a tremendous runner. I mean, he got a, a bit overshadowed by Lamar Jackson last year, but you know he ran pretty much wild, <laughs> especially when he played the Dolphins. So uh, I, I like this team. Uh, the juice that you have to pay here is pretty heavy, but I think that this is more of a seven or eight win type of team. Uh, so I, I will take the over here. I'm I'm going to take the under, but I think only because of the juice. I think six and a half is a fair line. It's just been hit pretty hard. Uh, but my my biggest concern is that I don't really want to bet on a defense being able to plug the holes of what I think is going to be a pretty mediocre to bad offense. Uh, their defense was top, I think, eight in uh, turnovers forced, where they actually ended up finishing it with a negative five turnover differential. So I, I would frame it like this. What do you think is more likely? Their defense regresses to just like league average or Josh Allen becomes a not horrible passer because really just the the amount of turnovers he contributed is like unsustainable in any way so uh, for me it's probably the defense regresses because defense doesn't carry over nearly as much as offense does year to year and I just think from what we've like nothing of Josh Allen's college profile to his NFL uh, resume says that he's not like just a gunslinging turnover monster. So like for that reason, I just I struggle to see this team pulling off close games because they're going to botch a lot of games with turnovers. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I do think Doug McDermott's actually set up to be uh, like the ideal head coach for this team because he's coached a number of Russian quarterbacks before. Uh, my favorite, I think he was uh, part of the Tyron Taylor staff. Nice. Um, but I, I still don't know if I can see this team overcoming the the deficiencies of Josh Allen. And I'm I. I don't love what they've done with the weapons because I think when you look at a team really prepping around their quarterback, you look at uh, what the Ravens have done with Lamar Jackson, uh, adding adding uh, two receivers through the draft. Then they've also last season were adding two tight ends. They really seem to be confident that he is their guy. This just seems like uh, you know the same can be said for the Cardinals, adding uh, two receivers through the draft. Actually, three receivers if you include Keyshawn Johnson late, late, late in the draft. But uh, this just seems like they are putting like band-aids over an amputated leg of a problem and i'm not sure that's going to be enough i respect that i mean it's it's definitely fair i mean uh, i'm not i'm not someone who wants to be in the business of buying josh allen <laughs> right <laughs> i just think that this number is about a half it's scary a, win, a half a win you a pit in your gut <laughs> you watch him just every time he throws it oh 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 please he can also do some tremendous things, though. He can. And I mean, uh, <laughs> was it the, the the Vikings game where it was like one of the top five largest covers in history yes. or whatever? Yep. Uh, I mean, when you look at that, you can see the upside on a single game basis of this team. But their ability to capture that upside on any on like a consistent basis really just concerns me to the point where I'll take the plus 140 at the under. If this was even uh, or sorry, the plus 155 at the under, if this was even, I'd probably lean over because I think they're maybe close to a seven-win team, but minus 186 juice is, is rough for this. Uh, so any interest in plus 410 to make the playoffs, uh, especially relative to the Jets, who are plus 280? No, I think the Jets are the better bet there. Um, you know, again, like, I think that the ceiling with Darnold for the Jets gets them to be like a potential 10-win 10, 10 type of team. Uh, I don't see that same ceiling from Josh Allen. Uh, maybe that's that's my jet fandom getting in the way, but I just no, don't I think, think that's that just like smart analysis. <laughs> yes, no, I, I don't think I think uh, you know if you're if you're slamming the Jets, you're like seven. Psh, they're gonna crush it. They're playoffs. I'll just invest my kids' college fund in that. Then you're showing your Jets fandom. But uh, if you're just saying that uh, you think Sam Darnold has a higher ceiling as uh, as a player to add wins to a team, 
especially like relative like fantasy where I'm I'm very interested in Josh Allen. Right. Uh, just to add wins and success to your team, I don't think there's any any reason you wouldn't bet Sam Darnold on that one. So uh, I, I'll move us on from winning the AFC East there because I think we can table that those bets for the rest of the show. Uh, we've got the Dolphins here, four and a half. Uh, the over minus 150, the under plus 125. Even though the Dolphins are like, people are saying they are openly tanking, which let's, let's you know, they are prioritizing future wins, as I think uh, uh, Sashi might say. But I don't, let's, you know, they still want to go out there and win games. These are players who are going out to play for another contract, either with this team or to hit free agency. Uh, so I think teams of, of our betters have seen that and hit the over just because, like, it is hard for teams to lose this hard. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, front offices can try to tank, but it's not like the players go out there and are like, well, nobody cares if we win this game, so I'm just going to completely mail it in. That's just not how sports works. I mean, you see it more in the NBA because, like, teams will literally just bench players if they're playing too good and they're trying to lose games. They'll make up a phantom injury. Like, you don't see that in the NFL. And I agree with you. It is just so hard to win four games or fewer. I mean, this reminds me of the Jets from two years ago when everybody's like, this is the worst team in the league. They'll be lucky to win a game. Uh, I just don't see that from the Dolphins. I mean, are they a good football team? No. But are they like atrocious? I I don't think so. I mean, the combination of Fitzpatrick and Rosen is definitely going to be below average. But We have seen Fitzpatrick in the past have games where everything just clicks for him and he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And I'm higher on on Josh Rosen than most. I think if you look at his struggles with the Cardinals last year, I think a lot of that can be put on the coaching staff and the fact that he was forced to basically play behind a terrible offensive line and play from behind for basically the whole season. So it wouldn't shock me if he came out and showed why he was a first round draft pick just two years ago. So I think that this this team has some talent on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Kenyon Drake, not a bad running back. You know, Kalen Balaj, maybe even better than Drake. Uh, I think that between the two of them, they, they should be able to get some decent production. And then if you look at the receiving core, it's just speed all over the place. Kenny Stills, who is like just a fantasy darling every single year. Albert Wilson, who knows, maybe this is the Devontae Parker year. You know, it feels like he's been a breakout candidate since I was born, but maybe this is the year it finally happens. And then I'm very partial to Jakeem Grant because that guy can just take any touch to the house. So, like, are there going to be games where this offense shows up and produces? I think so. Um, The defense, who knows? (laughs) I'm I'm a little less bullish on the defense, but again, this line is just so low that I think you have to bet the over if you're going to bet it, and uh, I will bet it. I will take the over here despite having to lay, you know, the minus one uh, fifty odds. Yeah, I think you pretty much sums it up. Uh, like it's it's hard for teams to be this bad, and I think like like you said with the NBA, also you can go out and be bad and still put up a ton of like counting stats, which are good for players. Whereas you can't, you have to. Uh, be putting like effort in in the NFL to just put up like stats worthy of another contract. Uh, like you can just go in the NBA and just like fire up shots or like you you don't have to win a ton of games to put up good numbers. If this team like these are players who know that their contracts are on the line and they have to be successful in order to to get their next paycheck. So uh, like the tanking is is only as high as the organization goes. And when you look at uh, like the individual talent on this team, like you said, I think uh, there are sort of bills like where on any individual week they could have a, a pop off game from maybe Josh Rosen just shows why he was taken in the first round. Ryan Fitzpatrick has shown time and time again that he has a high ceiling as a player, also an awesome floor, but he only and needs a great that beard. high. Oh, the one of the best <laughs> and a good jacket game too. He's got that one uh, black leather jacket or whatever, no shirt on under it. Honestly, that's. I'm going to take the over. No, I mean, but, uh, and then the receiving core, I do think, uh, is actually like on a week to week basis. Uh, Albert Wilson, Kenny Stills, Jakeem Grant are all guys who can pop off on any given week. And Devontae Parker's awful. There's nothing to say about him. But <laughs> the rest, the rest of them do honestly have like crazy playmaking ability, both on the field in terms of offense and special teams. Uh, I'll take the four and a half. It might feel gross, but just like I, I'm betting on like teams can't be that bad. 
At least you can't predict which teams are going to be that bad is maybe a better way to say it. I also want to add in don't sleep on Mike Gusecki. Um, You know, just in terms of like pure athleticism numbers, there are very few tight ends who have come into the league that are comparable to that guy. And basically all of them have been successful. So he's another just weapon that I think could uh, could exceed expectations this year. Yeah, I think he might have uh, like the highest or second highest uh, spark X score ever for a tight end. Uh, it's like him and Vernon Davis are like two like yeah, like you said, just when you look at the Uber athletes at the position, they hit in some way or another very often. So uh, I actually like him as a uh, you know this isn't we say it often this isn't a fantasy podcast, but I actually like him as uh, as a late 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 round tight end. But moving on to playoffs and AFC East winner like. No, you couldn't just you pass, couldn't pay. Pass you couldn't give me this. the money. Like if you said I'm going to give you fifty dollars, go bet it on that. I just be like I'm just going to go like bury it. Don't right. worry about it. I would tell it's, you that I bet it and then just pocket the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I'd be like, oh, sorry, you you lost, man. At the end of the season, you know. Yeah, it's not uh, it's not really worth even thinking about. It's it's not worth the time it would take to spend the mental effort just to even think about it. So let's move on to the player props we have here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the yardage touchdown type leaders, but really when you look at the division, it's not as interesting as just like straight player props for the first one, Josh Allen, 3,100 passing yards, minus 110 both sides. And that's how all of the uh, passing yards will be minus 110 both ways. Yeah, I would take the over here. I mean, he, he's going to run quite a bit, which, which definitely caps his passing ceiling. But when he does throw it, I would expect him to be chucking the ball. I mean, he likes to throw it deep. He's got a huge arm. And it seems like outside of the Cole Beasley signing, which made no sense, uh, the Bills have kind of gone out of their way to build this receiving core that wants to get down the field. So I think he's going to uh, to take plenty of shots on a weekly basis. And I think he's going to connect on enough to go over here. Yeah, I mean, this just has to be a bet on him staying healthy. Like, not even for the full season. 3,100 is, is, is so incredibly low. Yeah, that's... That I think, you know, especially when you give in the fact like less that he... less than 200 a game. Yeah, like, given the fact that he's going to have, like, a handful of games where he connects on one to two deep balls, like deep, deep balls to Robert Foster, if uh, he can climb out of out of the depths of training camp, or maybe John Brown. Smokey. That, uh, yeah, it's, it's like there are enough large plays with the one thing he does well is hit deep balls that I, I don't see this, like... It's it, it feels like it's just a bet on him staying healthy. And if you think that he can't, his rushing style can't sustain, then I guess I understand why you would take the under. But like, I, I'm not in the business of forecasting injuries. It's an over for me, like pretty clearly. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold, 3,500. Another, it feels like low line of just playing most. Uh, this one might be like play all the, the whole season and then not be like horrible, but it's still an incredibly low line. Yeah, I'm a little less bullish on this one just because you know that they're going to want to feed Levy on the ball uh, after paying him all that money. And if you look at the Jets coaching staff last year, I mean, granted, different different coaching staff, but they were very inclined to run the ball uh, in, in most situations. I mean, if they let Donald throw it on first down, they almost always ran it on second down and vice versa. Like, it was very rare that he had a drive that started pass-pass. So I think that Gase is going to kind of do the same thing, keep the kid gloves on. And Donald is a guy that we have seen is kind of like a check-down guy. Uh, during during the end of the year, he developed a little bit more chemistry with Robbie Anderson, but he's, not, he's still not a guy that I think is going to be, you know, like seven yards per attempt this season. So uh, I will take the under because, again, we kind of have said in the past that, like, if you play 16 games, 4,000 yards is basically your floor in today's NFL. But I'm less bullish on this one than I was on Josh Allen. Yeah, I feel like if you want to bet any of the props we're talking about, Josh Allen is just a bet on health. This is at least uh, like Sam Darnold over 3,500 is a bet on like running a modern NFL offense where he plays all season and he takes like a reasonable amount of like down the field throws not all of which are guaranteed, as opposed to Josh Allen, which health isn't guaranteed, but it's more guaranteed than, uh, like, Adam Gase coaching a decent offense. (laughs) Yes. So, all right, next one we have, and the last one for passing yards, because we have no clue what's going on in Miami with their quarterback situation, Tom Brady, 41-70. Yeah, um, he had 43-50 in terms of yards last season. 
it would not shock me to see that number come down now with Gronkowski out, at least for the beginning of the season. Um, you know, we've seen the Patriots in the past, if they feel that they have an advantage on the ground, they have no problem just pounding the ball down your throat for the entire game. Uh, I think maybe we see more of that this season, you know, uh, especially if Josh Gordon doesn't get reinstated, who knows about Nikhil Harry. It sounds like he hasn't had a great camp so far. So uh, I'll take the under here, but I don't feel particularly good about it. Yeah, this is a stay away for me, given like, I, I very much see uh, them going the way of the Saints, and they already have started to do so, where, like, you get an early lead by throwing uh, highly efficient passes, but not necessarily by, like, just going in guns blazing. And then it's easy to run out the clock with, uh, like, they've invested a decent amount, like, a large amount of their draft capital between Damian Harris and Sony Michelle in the past two years in committing to this run game. And for them, it at least makes some amount of sense because it's easy to just run all over your opponent when you get to play the Jets twice, when you get to play the Bills twice, when you get to play the Dolphins twice, when you have the easiest strength of schedule by, like, opponent projected wins, by far. Like, there's, I think the Jets, uh, like you said, were number two, and that was, like, 121.5 total opposing wins. Uh, The uh, Patriots were four wins below that. That's a, a crazy gap going from 31 to 32. You can see them hardly playing, uh, like, fourth quarters just in terms of the effort they actually put into passing the ball like many times this season so it's a stay away from me because betting on on Brady doing about 200 yards less than he did last season is a little bit uh, risky but if I had to bet it I would still take the under just because I think they're not going to need to throw the ball like often at all all right worst record Miami plus 340 Bills plus 1300 Jets 20 to 1 any interest uh in any of these because I mean these are three solid bets uh, in terms of how bad these teams could actually be, especially when you look at Miami, they were the favorite. And then the Bills, 13-1, uh, to 1 isn't far off from being the worst either. Yeah, and you can get the Bills at 18-1 to 1 on DraftKings if that interests you. Um, I'm probably staying away from these bets. I mean, I just think it's so hard to forecast each year who the worst teams are going to be. I mean, you know who's going to be bad, but like trying to say which team is going to be the worst I think is tough. Like, I could see Miami, I could see Cincinnati, I could see the Giants, the Raiders, the Redskins. Like, all of those teams are very viable options to finish with the fewest wins for me. Um, and given that Miami is the favorite, I'm probably not inclined to bet them. Uh, you know, I already mentioned I'm a little bit more bullish on the Bills than you are, so they're a scratch-off for me, and uh, I can't do it with the Jets either. So it would really be the Dolphins or nothing here, and I just don't think I'm getting enough odds to take a shot on Miami. Yeah, I agree with that. They they are rightfully the favorite, but they are well overpriced in terms of uh, like it's it's understandable that some teams will be very bad next year. But trying to forecast who those teams are is not like is not a very predictable thing, especially when you have to pay plus or when you're you're betting plus 340 when there are teams like Oakland at plus 850 who I think have a similar chance of just imploding as an organization. Uh, Like you said, Washington, I think the Giants are another great example uh, there are just better odds for something that's that seems like it's going to be pretty high variance. On the other end of the spectrum, do you have any interest in the Patriots' most wins at plus five hundred? Uh, and to give you some context, the Chiefs are seven to one, Rams are seven and a half to one, the Saints are nine to one, and then the Colts and the Eagles are both ten to one. Ooh, you uh, you want to run over the top of those again? I think I I might have the better odds for once. Yeah, I had the Pats at five to one, Chiefs at seven, Rams at seven and a half, Saints at nine, Colts and Eagles at ten. Uh, if you're looking to bet the tops, I think FanDuel Sportsbook is where you want to go. This isn't an ad. I don't care where you bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really don't care. But if you want, if you want good odds on this one specifically, uh, you can actually get Patriots plus five fifty, uh, Kansas City eight, and then LA nine, and then it evens out to what you were saying. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't hate the Patriots at five and a half to one. I think uh, the the drop off you take going to Kansas City at eight, then LA at nine, I'm probably looking down. But I don't think this is a, a bad bet. My only problem is that I don't think they're going to be like really threatened for like like when you look at Kansas City last year. They had to beat the Chargers at the end of the season because that was important to them for their seeding. New England's not going to be contested by their division. Like right. if they like they're not going to play week 17, probably. I don't know who they play, but it, there's a good chance it doesn't matter. There's a decent chance it doesn't matter for them starting at week like 15, 16. So for that reason, I think uh, 
even though it's not a bad bet, I'm actually just going to look elsewhere because I think those teams might have to. The Colts are another great example where they play in the same division, especially for me, as Houston, who I think is a really solid team. I'd much rather bet on the Colts having to outplay Houston. Uh, the Saints are another good example. We are both very high on Atlanta. There are other top teams that will actually be contested, which to me is important when I'm looking to like get a gaudy win total. Yeah, I still think I like the Pats, though, just given their schedule and how easy it is. Like, you know, I, I'm certainly more interested in, you know, I think my favorite New England bet so far has just been minus 500 for them to win the division. But uh, I do think that that if they come out guns blazing, they could just roll through their schedule. So I think five to one or five and a half to one is still a fair payout for them on that bet. I, I have some interest in that. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet. Uh, when we look at some of the other props like uh, like quarter or uh, like uh, lead the league in, in passing yards, lead the league in rushing yards. Is there any interest for you in any of those? Because it's hard to see, like maybe you think Le'Veon Bell could do it for the Jets. I personally don't think so. I think they're going to run a slow offense, even if it is run heavy. Uh, Bill's Dolphins not even close to any of those bets for me. Like does New England offer any value in the touchdown department for anything? Like, is there any way to get any edges in this one? Yeah. So the one bet that I really like here is actually Sony Michelle at, 22 to 1 to lead the league in rushing touchdowns. Um, that's like pretty far down on the list, farther than I would have expected. He's like around uh, somewhere in the 15 to 20 range. Like, for example, Lamar Jackson is 25 to 1. Uh, Daryl Henderson is 28 to 1. So, Sony Michelle is, you know, barring something crazy, I think we can say he's going to be the running back for the Patriots this season. You know, I know they just spent the draft pick on Harris, but Michelle was a first rounder. And the one area where he really excelled at last season was around the goal line. He was one of the more efficient runners in the league in terms of punching the ball in from inside the five yard line. And the Pats, after sort of going really pass heavy near the goal line in 2017, last year, they sort of reverted to their, you know, pound the ball in roots. Um, which is what we saw, you know, like Garrett Blunt led the league in touchdowns once. Um, you know, we've seen guys like Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis have double digit touchdowns, you know, Lawrence Maroney. These guys are, are not nearly as talented as someone like Sony Michelle. So I think getting him at 22 to one on an offense that, you know, should be really good, but is also looking for, you know, somebody to step up. I think Michelle could be that guy. I'm definitely interested in him at 22 to 1. Yeah, I think that's a pretty sharp bet, especially when uh, this is how proved you I'm not affiliated with any books. Uh, FanDuel has him at 11 to 1. You are getting double the odds at, I'm assuming you're getting yours from DK Sportsbook. Yes. Like, this is why you shop your lines, and we talk yep. about it every week, especially on weird things that are just like individual player projections. Uh, 22 to 1 is is not only a, a solid bet on its own right, but it's a great value compared to everything else you can get. I'm not really looking for any uh, like receiving props. I think. If the if the Patriots had a more concentrated passing unit, I could see that. But they're going to have James White getting receiving touchdowns. They're going to have, uh, you know, if everything goes well, Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman will certainly lead them in targets if he can get healthy by week one and stay healthy, or at least get healthy by like week two or three and stay healthy. But he's not a big touchdown scorer. They don't have Gronk anymore to soak up touchdowns. It just seems like it's going to be very spread out. Or the other option is that a lot of it, especially without six, seven, like, greatest athlete in the NFL Gronk that they run the ball more in the red zone I really think uh you know last year he might not have scored a ton of touchdowns but just the the overall volume from Gronkowski in the red zone could go the way of the running game Sony Michelle 22 to 1 is like the best bet I have one more thing I want to talk about offensive rookie of the year I just saw Nikhil Harry 18 to 1 you could see a world where a a prospect as good as he was putting up crazy numbers at such a young age at Arizona State uh, like one of the best, I think he was the best prospect in this draft. You can see a world where he wins it, but is 18 enough, is 18 to one enough odds for you to actually bet that? No, not for me. Um, I don't view Harry as like the OBJ type of guy, you know, like I don't think he's going to have a ton of like long touchdowns that are going to drop your jaw type of thing. And I don't see the volume for him to just compile his way to this award, you know, like James White and Julian Edelman should be the two guys that lead this team in targets. Uh, Harry can certainly come in third after that, but 
I just don't think that that's going to be enough of a role for him when you have guys like Kyler, you have guys like Josh Jacobs who should get the ball a ton in Oakland, uh, even Dwayne Haskins if he wins the job right away for the Redskins. Like, I think that all of those guys are are much more deservedly favored than Harry. Um, you know, I, I just, it, it would be very hard for me to pick a receiver to, to win this award. And Harry's not really the prototype of what type of receiver I'm looking for to begin with. Yeah, I think, uh, I, I think the one path he has is if Julian Edelman's hand injury is bad enough that it causes him to miss a significant amount of games. He's, uh, they say it's good for him. Uh, it's good odds for him to make week one. So that doesn't look likely, but he is what, like a 33 year old player who has used PEDs to come back from injuries before. So I could see a world where Julian Edelman is not Julian Edelman of old anymore. And at that point, Nikhil Harry becomes interesting, but it's still like that's uh, if this happens, then maybe he has a better probability for me. It's just it's all Kyler. And then I might hedge that a little bit with Josh Jacobs. I just don't I don't see a world where Nikhil Harry uh, like 18 to one is good enough for me either. Agreed. And I'm all for Jules being on the juice, you know, let the guy (laughs) juice up like we all know the Patriots cheat. At this point, we should just embrace it. I mean, he's a lunch pail guy. First in to juice every day, first out to juice every day. You got to respect his hustle. <laughs> I mean, come on. You can't tell me Tom Brady is playing at 43 years old just because he eats avocado ice cream. No, he's, he's like got the whole TV 12 thing. He's uh, I think he's vegan. Yeah, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about joining the NFL after you go vegan? Because I'm thinking about it. Um, let's see. Nikhil Harry, just to give you an idea of his talent profile. College dominator, 88th percentile from player profiler. Breakout age, 95th percentile broke out for the age of 19 and 98th percentile spark X score. I think you put some vegan ice cream in me and I'll get up close to that. Good luck, my friend. <laughs> uh, I, I think that's the show. We've veered off course into uh, a diet podcast, which you can check out at uh, Laying the Diet. No, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think the, the moral of the story here is that the Patriots are just going to continue to like – annihilate their competition looking at the the strength of schedule they have going on here you just can't price the patriots out of my value correct agreed all right that's going to do it for the show uh please if you want to interact with us more if you want to get exclusive access to the patreon slack please do so it's rotoviz uh it's patreon.com forward slash rotoviz radio i'm in the slack uh checking out the messages all the time and i I just read it like i read the rotoviz articles because we have some awesome awesome guys in there posting like just like TLDRs of all the research they've done this summer. It's such a great way to consume content that you can only get access to through the Patreon. And of course, subscribe to the Rotoviz, uh, to, to Rotoviz, uh, 10% discount, of course, at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening, everyone. That's it. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Love a good deal? Sail into the season at Banana Republic Factory's Mega Labor Day Sale. Entire store 50 to 70% off. Dresses from $19.99. Polos from $16.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Factory.